Good morning. Uh, good to be back here this morning. Missed you guys the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, my name is David Soren. I am the lead pastor here at Renovation Church. Uh, have you ever noticed that uh, almost all of us are seeking approval in some way or another? We want to be noticed. We want to gain approval. And usually we want it from the outside. We want someone from the outside to say, you are good. Now, of course, it looks different. It looks different for different people and different cultures. And it's something, this approval, it's something that you can't give yourself. The Bible calls this righteousness, being declared good. And we all want to be known as good. It just looks different for different people. You know, some people try and be declared good by becoming a rule follower. You know, others do it by trying to accomplish more than anyone else. Uh, some try and become good by just being the most moral person. You know, some people try and seek approval oddly by being the best at rebelling. Others try and seek approval. They try and be good by being the most accepting or the most tolerant of people in society. And ironically, they feel the fact that they are accepting and tolerant makes them feel like they are better than others that don't accept and are tolerant. We all want to be declared good. We want to be declared righteous, as the Bible would say. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as we open up the scriptures this morning. So if you got a Bible, open it up, or you can open up the Renovation Church app, but just have something in front of you so you can see the Word of God. It's that important. Uh, if you have your phone, you can use the Renovation Church app. You just have uh, outdoor services and uh, weekly verses. So we are going to be on uh, Luke chapter 18. We made great progress in the book of Luke this summer, by the way. So we're Luke 18, and we are verses 9 through 14 this morning. So Luke 18, starting at verse 9. Uh, here's what it says. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, before you close, look at verse 9. We're going to just sort of start there. It, says, it tells us that Jesus is telling this parable to whom? To some who were confident in their own righteousness. So this is a parable for anyone who looks at themselves and thinks, I'm a pretty good person. I'm confident in my own righteousness. I'm confident that if you compared me to my neighbors, to other people of society, that I am good, that I'm a good person. Well, this parable is for you. Now, this is sneaky. You might think, oh, it's not for me then, but <laughs> just stick with me because it might be for you. And often we determine that we're good because of these sort of outside deeds that we do in front of other people. And this is what we see with the Pharisee, right, in this story. He goes to the temple, but in his prayer, he says, did you notice he says, I, four times. He says, I, 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 I'm really great, God. You're welcome for me being me. <laughs> that's not even a prayer. That's what, he, that's what he says. And for many of us, we read this and we sort of laugh, right? We roll our eyes at the Pharisee. But be careful here because pride is 
sneaky. Don't be like the Sunday school teacher who once uh, taught her students this passage. And then at the end, without thinking, she said, children, let's bow our heads and thank God that we're not like the Pharisee. It's the same problem, right? Because as soon as you laugh, as soon as you roll your eyes at the Pharisee, you've made the same mistake that he made. You've considered yourself better than someone else. Now, this is really one of the plagues of the human race. We constantly want to put ourselves on a ladder with everyone else and then come up with a list of justifiable reasons on why we're on top of the ladder and everyone else is below. In fact, let's do this with a couple of examples. I want you to put yourself on the proverbial ladder with your friends and family. In other words, I want you to rank yourself. So whoever is the best, put yourself kind of you know, whoever is the best, maybe the most right, put them on the top of the ladder. And whoever is the worst or maybe the most wrong, put them on the bottom of the ladder. Okay, so let's start with the first topic here. Uh, first topic is this. Uh, someone or your uh, response to the virus, to COVID-19. I want you to rank people. Think of your friends. Think of your family members. You can sort of rank them on your head based on... Uh, if they're making the right decisions to hang out with people or go to a restaurant or not go to a restaurant, uh, go out in public. And now think on this ladder, you know, best is being the top. Where would you rank yourself based on your response? Maybe just think about it in your head. Okay, next one. Uh, next topic is this. Uh, politics. Okay, so I want you to think of your coworkers maybe this time, maybe your neighbors. And if you had to rank everybody by their political view. Best at the top of the ladder, worst at the bottom, who's the most right? Where are you on this ladder? You see how we justify ourselves? Right, because we're like, oh, I just happen to be on the top again. <laughs> it's, just, it's amazing, right? What about who's the most moral person? Where are you on the ladder, right? We could just do this all day. We are blind, B-L-I-N-D, blind to our own shortcomings. Uh, two weeks ago, I uh, sent out a survey to uh, all of our church staff, uh, to our, our church board, to our church planters, a number of other people that I work uh, closely with, and I, I basically asked them to give me uh, what's called 360-degree feedback. Basically, I asked them anonymously to answer questions like, what is David like at his worst? Uh, what 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 is one way that David could grow as a person? And I got feedback um, from 16 of our leaders. And then I threw a couple of positive questions in there as well so that no one would have to mop me off the floor after I, I, read, I read through them all. But it's just like, why would anybody do this? Why subject yourself to pain? Well, the reality is because I'm a sinner, right? With a lot of faults. And just because I might not see some of those faults, doesn't mean that they're not there. See, I, I think as humans, we have this unbelievable ability to uniquely determine for ourselves the things that make us good and the things that make other people bad. And those things always tend to conveniently work out in our favor, right? We, in a sense, we sort of like push off of others. We push them down to make ourselves higher on the ladder. Why do we do that? I mean, I think one of the reasons we do that is just so we can live with ourselves. So we don't have to sit in such a state of despair 
the reality of our sin, right? It's like if you can create this fake ladder where you happen to be on top and other people happen to be below you, well, then you can kind of live with yourself because there's so many people worse than yourself. So let me ask you this question. Who is below you on your ladder? Who are you looking down on? Is it the liberals? Is it the conservatives? Is it those who are divorced? Those who wear masks? Those who don't wear masks? Who, who are you looking down the ladder to? Right, the answer should be no one. That's easier said than done. I just want you to know from this scripture passage, there are just major, major downsides to looking down the ladder. And not only is it not what God wants you to do, but there are other downsides as well. For instance, if you believe so deeply that you are higher up on the ladder of good people, eventually you will come to despise those you have deemed below yourself. Here you're going to see that there's a strong link here between good biblical theology and practical biblical living. In fact, I would submit to you that you can see this right before your very eyes in our culture right now in 2020. This is the most divided our country has been in my lifetime anyways. Like this isn't the 1850s or something or the 1860s, but we are divided. We are polarized right? Polarized like the North and South Pole, like imagine a ladder. But it's moved beyond just a polarization of thinking, right? It's not just that people are saying anymore that one type of thinking is above the other. It's that we've begun to despise those we've deemed below us, right? It's moved, simply, it's moved beyond simply saying, I think that their core assumptions maybe aren't as accurate. We've begun to despise and hate each other. And it's easy to do that when your core thinking is not biblical. When you think that it's more than the fact that you are just right, when you start to think that you are better than the other person, you look down because you are better, but you are not better. Look at me for a second. If you have been spending all of your evenings lately talking about how foolish other people are and how mad they make you. It's because deep inside of you, you still have this approval, this need for approval. You have this need for someone to come in and declare you good, to come in and say, you are right. You're doing this right. You are good. This all bothers us so much because we have this intense need to be declared good. But I just want you to hear me. You won't satisfy that need by just pushing yourself up higher on the ladder. Like If you can't stop talking lately about how glad you are that you're not like all the other people out there, realize that your heart is literally praying the prayer of the Pharisee in Luke 18. You're praying, thank you God that I'm not like whoever it is you're complaining about. But continuing to push yourself up higher on the ladder of approval all by pushing other people down is exhausting. I mean, don't you just feel tired? Stop pushing. Stop climbing. 
because you're never going to climb high enough. There's another way to find the approval that you're looking for, and it's not by pulling yourself up the ladder, it's by climbing down the ladder. Look at the tax collector. The tax collector is a hated man, right? He was working for the occupiers, the Roman government, taking the Jewish people's money and giving it to the occupiers. He was a great sinner in their society. But this tax collector, he comes into the temple to pray, and he prays, so differently than the Pharisee, right? And he beats his breast. You can just imagine him walking on the temple and he just beats his breast. Right? He's so, he just feels so much pain for his life. He says, God, just have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I mean, this man knows he's at the bottom of the ladder, right? He, he's not better than anyone else in his mind. And then Jesus says, this man, this is the man that you're supposed to be like. But you'll never be like him unless you start comparing yourself to the right thing. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to other people and start comparing ourselves to God in his word. Because the Bible states that there is no one righteous. There's no one that can do good on his or her own. If you compare yourself, not to other people, but to a holy God, and you imagine yourself, maybe at the end of your life, standing in the presence of a holy, awesome, majestic, perfection himself, a holy, amazing God, and you you feel his holiness, you're not going to look at him and say, well, you should have seen Jenny, her life was a mess. No, it's not going to happen, right? No, you'll feel that you're at the bottom of the ladder and you were never any higher. It's a key teaching in, the, in this passage. Jesus is not saying that there is one person in this story who is righteous and another who is unrighteous. He's saying, no, no, this is a story about two unrighteous guys. It's just that there's only one of them that realizes that he's not righteous on his own. There's a story told of uh, Frederick the Great, who was a, a king of Prussia back in the day. He went and visited a prison one time and he talked with the inmates and he went around to each cell and was kind of asking them their story. Well, over and over again, each inmate told him how they were totally innocent and they were completely misunderstood and actually they were just framed. Well, finally he gets to the last cell and Frederick says, well, I suppose you're an innocent victim too. And the man looks at the king and he says, no, I'm not. He says, sir, I'm, I'm totally guilty. And I deserve my punishment. I'm just trying to learn from it. And then turning to the warden, the king said, Here, release this man before he corrupts all of these innocent prisoners in here. This is what Jesus is talking about in verse 14. Look at it again. He says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified by God, being declared righteous, declared good. God can forgive that person because he knows he's a sinner. But he can't forgive the person who's on top of the ladder, quite frankly, because they just don't think they need forgiveness. And maybe you're just hearing that for the first time. And I just want you to know that Jesus has seen all of your sin. He's seen all of your shortcomings. And still, he died on the cross for you. He died for your sins. He died in your place. And if you would believe in him and become his follower, you don't need to keep climbing this ladder of 
goodness. He can justify you. He can declare you righteous. The Bible says what happens is God takes Jesus' righteousness, his perfection, and it's like he places it over you when you become a believer in Jesus. And he sees Jesus' righteousness on you. And so he can declare you good, as saved, as forgiven. And for those of you sitting out here this morning, you know that intellectually. But these last few months, you just haven't been living it emotionally, spiritually, as it pertains to you and your conversations about other people. I just plead with you this morning, climb down the ladder again. You're never going to find the approval that you're looking for up there. What did Jesus say? He said, those who exalt themselves, those who climb the ladder will only be humbled. They're just going to fall right off the top. Climb back down. Remember, you are no better. You're no better than anyone else. You are a sinner. Your identity is not in the fact that you know this or do this or don't do that. Your identity is in the fact that you are a sinful mess. And yet Jesus, the Son of God, came down from heaven to die on the cross for you anyway. And the creator of the universe has declared that he loves you and he gave his life for you, not because of how high you are on the ladder, no, just because he loves you. That's where your identity is. And if you could climb back down, friend, if you could climb back down the ladder today and see that biblical truth again, how it would just lift your spirits again. It's exhausting trying to push yourself up to the top all the time. It's just exhausting. Climb back down the ladder into biblical truth, into the love of God. Let me pray. Jesus, I, uh, I pray that you help us humble ourselves. We, just, we ask for forgiveness, God, for trying to climb the ladder again. Trying to say that we're right, that we know best, that we live the best. God, we are, we are full of sin. Our identity is not in what we've accomplished or what we know, but in your love and our relationship to you. Just reorient us to that truth again. And we just thank you for your grace and your forgiveness as we climb back down. In your name we pray. Amen.